This is The Antidote with Dave Hawkins, where Christian music doesn't suck.
Thanks for joining The Antidote. I'm Dave Hawkins. I think regular listeners know that I love all forms of metal, but symphonic metal with its smooth style is the one style of metal that I always find really easy to listen to and enjoy. So when I first heard the music of Vancouver, B.C.'s Leah McHenry, it instantly grabbed me. Our first track of the night, Illusion from Leah's Of Earth and Angels release, doesn't leave any doubt that Leah has a truly beautiful voice. But a lot more than just her vocals go into the creation of her music. She's seriously talented, she's opinionated, a brilliant vocalist, and she's a mom. Coming up in a moment will be Hourglass from her Kings and Queens album. But we start with the first part of the Antidote's talk with Leah as she shares about her music. It's a true pleasure to have Leah McHenry with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure being here. You have to tell me, how does it feel to be so well-known that you can perform under just the name Leah? Well, it's kind of funny because I chose that name when I had zero fan base and nobody knew about me, and I didn't even know if anybody would like my music. But I had to release my music under something, so I decided it would just be Leah, and I guess I chose it just because it wasn't taken already. I know it doesn't sound like a very wonderful answer, but um, I think, um, you know, between some friends of mine and stuff, I was like, what do you think? Leah McHenry? Leah? I don't know. I still don't know if that was even the right choice to make, but it's what I've been going under and people seem to remember it and it's simple. So that's kind of what I've been using all this time. And so as it turns out, I do have a fan base now and, and I've asked them their opinion as well at times saying, what do you think? If I released a new album, should I keep Leah? or Leah McHenry, or what do you think? And uh, they all like Leah. They just like the one name, so I'll, I'll keep it for now. Of course, you don't want to actually explain what your name means, because weary is just something you don't want to have as a, yeah. as a band yeah. title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it means like weak eyes or something, which is true. I, have, I do have weak eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you do have a huge fan base. But here it is, you've remained as an independent artist. So was that important to you to remain independent instead of signing with a label? I think right now it's the right choice for me, even though I have been made offers by some popular metal labels. Um, it's, it's the right choice for me at this point in my life. And I do actually work with a small label out of Sweden, and, and I have a distribution deal with them, and we have a really great relationship. Um, the owner is a fabulous guy, and we just get along so well. And he really has, you know, on his label, uh, the artist's best interest in mind, and he just really is a music lover. But I, I still consider myself very independent, and it's going so well that I don't really see the point in signing with a big label, at least not right now. Um, even though it could potentially get me a little more exposure, um, I don't really see the need. With my lifestyle and with my family and, and all the things I have going on, I like being able to call the shots. I like being able to do whatever I want whenever I want to and not have any external pressure, you know, like oh, you need to go on tour now, and you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need to make this much money, and, you know, I like not having that kind of pressure. So I said, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to have this music hobby become more of like a career, it's got to work for my life. It has to work for my family. Family comes first. That's just my priority. And, and so this is how I'm doing it, and it's working really great. 
I don't want to come across as being sexist, but here I'm interested to know, how do you balance your time between being a mom and an artist? Oh, it's not sexist at all. It's just, it's reality. It's, it's life. I have five kids, which is, you know, a lot of people think I'm absolutely insane for that. And there are days I think so too. But honestly, the way I balance things is I don't balance actually. I, I work, <laughs> <laughs> I work in seasons, you know, I'm very deliberate with my time. I'm very deliberate with the season of life that I'm in. I know when I'm in a season of writing, when I'm in a season of recording, when I'm in a season of taking a break and not doing anything music related. But when I go to work, I go to town. I have the support of people around me. So it's like, okay, Leah is right now officially in writing mode, recording mode. And then, you know, I have family support. My husband is a rock star. I mean, he is an amazing dad and he really chips in a lot. He's great with the kids and he just totally supports me that way. So I have the support of those around me. So they all know what my goal is. I know what my goal is. Like I'm not just winging it all the time, you know? So really I'm deliberate about what season I'm in. I have the support of people around me and then I work hard and then I take a break. And so, um, you know, it's, it's really about not doing it all. I don't do it all. I can only do one thing at a time, really. And I think that's the way all productive people work is um, single tasking things, right? Women tend to be known for being multitaskers, but I'm finding out I'm not a multitasker. And it's, it can be quite counterproductive for me to try to do 10 things at once. So um, that's how I, quote, unquote, balance my life is I don't. <laughs> and you have to fill us in the ages of your kids. Oh, my oldest son just turned 10. And then I have a daughter who is eight and a half and another daughter who is turning seven and another one who's turning five. And then I have a one and a half year old son. Did I get them all? <laughs> I can't remember. Is that five? You have my sympathy. Don't ask me when all their birthdays are right now, though. <laughs>
from Leah. Well, now here we've talked all about family. Let's get into your music too. (laughs) Sure. It's interesting because your music has been compared to that of Lorena McKennett, and you've also been referred to as the metal Enya. How do you feel about those comparisons? I think they're great. Um, I understand why people use comparisons. I use comparisons with people as well. People will automatically associate music with usually the most famous similar band or similar sound that they can think of. And so even when I get comparisons that I don't love, I take it as a compliment because I'm going, you know, they're associating me with something else that is somewhat reminiscent in some way, shape or form. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. And sometimes it's interesting feedback for me, too. I'm going, oh, that's interesting. I, I never thought my music sounded like that at all, or I didn't think my voice sounded like that, but that's cool. And so I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And of course, those particular artists, Lorena McKennett and Enya and all that, they are really, they really are influences in my music. So that doesn't surprise me. It's just cool that people can actually hear the influences that have directly affected me. It's coming right through. So, um, you know, there's, there's nothing new under the sun, but I do think that all those influences can come together and, and kind of make a new sound. Well, I guess the basis of the sound of Leah is symphonic metal. Something interesting about you, though, is I find the majority of the artists in that genre are European-based, and so is their audience, which makes you unusual, Leah, since you're based on Canada's West Coast. I mean, has that ever made it difficult for you to connect with potential fans? Not at all. In fact, I think a lot of my fan base is also European, although I think because I'm Canadian, I do have a lot of U.S. fans and Canadian and, you know, I'm starting to build it elsewhere around the world. But generally speaking, I do have a large fan base in Europe just because I have been heavily influenced by European songs and, and bands over the years. Um, and I don't find it hard to connect with fans at all because, you know, we have the Internet. And that's primarily how I build my fan base is through the Internet. And I keep, you know, in close contact with my fans through email and and other platforms. So it's been easier, I think, to keep in contact than ever, pretty much in the history of the music industry. It's never been easier to keep in contact and connect with fans around the world. And that just wasn't possible like 20 years ago. So I'm grateful to be able to do that and have fans all over the world. Have you ever found that to be an issue? Because, of course, with the internet, with everything being so close, do you ever feel that you're exposing too much of yourself to your audience? I've struggled with that off and on, going, how much to expose and how much to keep private? And the conclusion I've come to is that um, transparency wins the day right now. And is a part of me is quite uncomfortable with it just because it's the internet and it's never going away. You know, whatever you put out there is there forever. So be careful, be careful. But at the same time, I don't think that artists can have success anymore if they try to have this celebrity mystique.
I suppose I might have been trying to limit your style when I said your music is symphonic. What makes Lee really unique is that it also brings in a strong Celtic influence. Something interesting is that the bonds of that community are really tight. I mean, tighter than other ancestral groups. What is it about being Celtic that makes for such a close connection? That's a really interesting question, and I'm not entirely sure. I can I can make a guess, and I think that there's some... I thought some... you were the expert for this. <laughs> I'm not an expert, definitely not. But um, being in the music, I know what draws me, and I think that I could say that there is an aspect of historical ties in that people tend to band together over the centuries just because of you know, different oppressive groups or regimes and things that have come against the Celts. And and I think that it made for a certain mindset that has kind of been passed down. So that's one reason why I think people tend to band together. Another is the culture is just so amazing. The culture, the history, the architecture, the historic landscapes, the music. I mean, there's nothing really like it out there and it's just so something magical about it that I think really brings people together even people who aren't Celtic love Celtic culture music you know fantasy themed films that have a Celtic influence in there I don't know but there's something magical about it for sure and what are your Celtic roots I have a Scottish and Irish background on both sides of my family wow is that allowed I think so I think they intermarried (laughs) at some point in history yeah so, well, at least you know where I, I get my temper from anyway. <laughs> and your hair color? Well, you know, that's a little bit fabricated, <laughs> just slightly. Oh, I've the, just, the truth is coming out. Yeah, I've enhanced what is already there and for sure in my genes. <laughs> oh, great. Let's talk about that Celtic bass, because on your newest release, you have a song, Shularoon, and that's a really old Irish song. What made you want to do your own version? I, first of all, I heard that song from the band Clannad, Mm -hmm. and I just loved their magical version of it. And I I like doing cover songs when I'm going to do something, cover songs that not everybody else has covered. Even though it tends to be kind of a popular Irish song and there are a lot of covers of it, they just haven't done it in metal. So um, I wanted to learn that song. And also because it's fairly well known, it was easy for me to learn the Irish Gaelic. And, you know, I, if I listened to enough versions, I could sing it properly. And so, you know, it was simple for me to learn. And I had never heard that song done in a little bit of a a metal or rock version. So I really wanted to tackle that and just, yeah, dig my feet into some of those Celtic roots a little bit further on that album. This is Leah and you found The Antidote with Dave Hawkins. Good job. 
The more I listen to the music of Leah, the more themes I find in your songs. Faith, freedom, deliverance. It has this sort of Lord of the Rings feel. Where does all that come from? It could come from Lord of the Rings. I mean, I'm certainly inspired by the books and the movies and all of that. But all of those themes I find are in almost every single epic tale that exists. Like anything really good, if it's Braveheart or any good story has those themes in it. And so I guess I'm so drawn to it that it just comes through my music. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of my lyrics don't necessarily have a specific story behind them. Sometimes I'm just letting my imagination wander and I'm writing what comes to me in the moment and I'm making sense of it and I'm trying to make it poetic and all of that. Some of them have, you know, little miniature stories that I've kind of just created in my own mind to inspire me to write something beyond my everyday life. Because let's face it, my everyday life is not that poetic. I mean, <laughs> you know, changing diapers and making spaghetti and all that kind of stuff and homework, you know. So I have to go to a different place. I have to go into a different world, a different side of my brain to get into songwriting, getting into writing lyrics. So I go to the epic tales and the stories and the things that inspire me and literally take me to another world. And so that's what I'm just kind of recreating. So when you hear those themes, it's Leah in La La Land is what that is. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> what about the aspect of your Christian faith? Because that obviously gets reflected in your music. Is that important for you to do that? Well, I'm a presuppositionalist, so my belief is that whatever belief somebody holds, it's going to come through their art, it's going to come through their lives, it's going to come through their music, whatever they're doing is going to be a reflection of that. And you don't necessarily have to say, I make Christian music in order for that to come through. You know, I've never actually come out and said, hey guys, I make Christian music. I've never actually done that. But People who are smart, people who read certain things that I read, um, they've picked up on some of those aspects and I get emails about it every single day. So um, I just think music and art is a reflection of who you are. And so it's in there and it's not something I'm, I've gone out and said, oh, I'm going to be deliberate about this. It's just going to come through. And I, I think if you were an atheist or something else, that will also come through in your art or your lyrics. Thank you. 
Cathedra abstractly touches on faith with its tale of an angelic battle. And I hope you remember that earlier I did mention that Leah is opinionated and she's going to share some of those views during the next part of our talk. I'm definitely a liberty lover. I am definitely, you know, a libertarian leaning person. Um, I don't know about no rules ever for anyone, but I definitely believe what we have today is way overreaching, right, way overarching, and has definitely gotten into our meddling in our lives beyond what it should. And so, you know, again, as a presuppositionalist, I believe our thoughts, our beliefs, our pre-existing underlying beliefs are all going to come through our music in one way or another. So, yeah, some of those themes are definitely picked up in there. And that's why I think I love stories like Lord of the Rings is because, again, those epic scenarios always come out in those stories, those same struggles. You know, there's an overarching, overreaching, um, you can call it a government or an enemy of some kind, and they're trying to control the lives of everybody around them. They want it their way. And of course, they're presenting their solution as the ultimate solution. But it's, you know, my way or the highway, do or die. And yet you have a small group of people, you know, it could be one hobbit <laughs> or, you know, one little shire who, you know, in comparison, it looks like they have no power. They'll never be able to accomplish anything. And yet they put their lives on the line. They're willing to sacrifice and they go on this journey and overcome and defeat evil. And so I find that inspiring, you know, because we face similar things like that today. We, we face tyranny. We face oppression in parts of the world. And and so I just find those common themes incredibly inspiring. Well, since you've brought up this point, what is the biggest issue that we deal with in Western society that is a problem? There's a lot of problems, but right now it seems like we have, um, just generally speaking, overreaching forms of government. I think they've they've gotten so far into trying to control every little aspect of our lives, all the 500 laws for toothpaste. You know, I mean, (laughs) they've gotten so out of control um, that every little thing we do and say is regulated and we're just losing freedoms. We're losing freedoms um, left, right and center. And, you know, people just walk around like zombies. And so I think one of the big challenges in our day is people waking up to this. You know, people don't even realize that these freedoms are being lost right under their nose and they're totally fine with being spied on. They're completely fine with government reading their emails and tracking their phone calls and stuff because we live in this internet society where everything's so transparent and people are so used to now just putting themselves out there and they're going around saying, well, I don't have anything to hide, you know, but that is very, very dangerous. You know, just because you don't have something to hide doesn't mean that, um, that tyranny is not happening and that, you know, that those freedoms aren't being taken away from you. So I think the greatest challenge we face is waking people up to our rights and to like the founding of our countries and what they actually stood for and why people even began these countries. It was to escape the very tyrannies that uh, we face right now. And so I think that is a big problem that we face right now. Maybe it's time for everybody to go back to high school and read 1984 all over again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Well, listen, besides music, what's the greatest passions of Leah McHenry? I'd say my greatest passion outside of music itself would be the new music industry. I love the new music industry. And I call it the new music industry just because it's changed so much. So in the same way that things have sometimes gotten out of control and scary, things have also opened up a whole new world for independent artists like myself. And so I'm passionate about even teaching others how they can build a fan base online. My question I always ask people is, hey, I'm a stay-at-home mom of five kids. I'm building my fan base around the world. I make my living doing this, believe it or not. So what's your excuse? You know, if you have good music, you have a good work ethic, and you can get yourself organized and get your priorities in order, there's no reason why any independent artist can't succeed. And so that's my challenge. Yeah, I've started actually teaching other artists about the new music industry and how they can do what I'm doing and go beyond what I've done. So that is one of my greatest passions. And beyond that, I love just hanging out with my friends and family. I've learned that You can have everything you want in the world, but community is so important. Um, And I'm also kind of a health nut, and uh, I enjoy staying active and lifting weights with my husband and doing fun stuff like that. And how much do you bench press? Um, It's a little (laughs) bit sad. It's sad right now. My bench press is not very good. Just make up some kind of a number just so that we're all impressed. Oh, let's say 100 pounds. (laughs) (laughs)
take the time to check into the lyrics of that song from Leah called Save the World. It covers some of the points she just spoke about. And you know, it's really too bad that I didn't have time to air more of the music from Leah, or even all of our interview. Check out her music online, and of course you can find the rest of our talk in the interview section of theantidoteradio.com. Now, if you thought Leah McHenry was opinionated, there is no comparison to our guest for our next two episodes. Brian Healy of Dead Artist Syndrome is an actor, a radio host, and a musician. And Brian also has to be one of the most entertaining guys I've ever met and interviewed. And I'm also not sure why this guy hasn't become a professional comedian. But he's going to let us know exactly where he stands on politics, evangelicalism, society, and his music. Thanks so much for listening to The Antidote through the facilities on Trent Radio every Wednesday, and to our online listeners who find us Mondays via Claris Radio. It's time to finish off the night with a goodbye to Leah, along with The Northern Edge from her Otherworld release. And have a great week. I want to put you through an imaginary scenario, Leah. We're going to put you on stage for a battle of the vocalists. You against Adele, what happens? Um, that would be interesting. I think she's a better singer than me, but hey, totally different genre. Depends on the crowd. Depends on what crowd was there. If they were my metal crowd, they wouldn't boo her off the stage by any means. They're like, metal fans are the nicest fans in the world. They are. They really are. But I think they would prefer my voice, I think. I'm just taking a wild guess. Nothing bad would happen, I'm sure of it. But I think they, you know, metal fans like metal. And they don't typically listen to pop, so they probably give her a nice applause. But I don't know. I, I really couldn't say after what would happen after that. Well, now, you need to tell us how to find the music of Leah. My music is all listed on leahmchenry.com. In fact, you can stream all of it there or buy CDs or merchandise there. I also have um, a VIP fan club where if you become a member, um, you get access to all my music. You can download the whole thing and um, become part of a little community there of like-minded fans. And a lot of us enjoy the same type of stuff and the same type of culture and books and movies. So everybody there are, are wonderful people that I would enjoy hanging out with in real life. So that's all on leahmchenry.com. Thanks so much for joining in, Leah. It's been wonderful to have you here on The Antidote. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. 